I'm, you can just leave it out there. Is she bringing you tea? <laughs> no, she's not bringing me tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what loser would drink tea at 8 p.m.? It's a it's an inside joke, Jackson. It's an inside joke. You wouldn't get the inside joke. All right, here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot we weren't friends. <laughs> <laughs> Morning. Welcome to Don't Be the Artist. I am not friends with Jackson. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. Uh, quick drink check. What What's everybody got? I've got some tea. I've got some uh, uh, split needle tea. I'm drinking a, a, a beer made by Armadillo brewed with Dr. Pepper, so you might like it. Oh. I uh, got the standard vodka uh, soda. He's got the, Dawes. <laughs> Drinking that Dawes. Nice tall <laughs> cup of Dawes. I mean, to be fair, if they made a Dawes, you know, drink, you would definitely have it. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got my normal wide variety of bullshit. Uh, you know, standard water, of course. Can I I've yeah, got... water, monster, kombucha, uh, uh, whiskey and I beer. Fi- <laughs> Damn, is there a civil the war in your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> I I, fi- I I finished I finished the kombucha yesterday, but I do have uh, I didn't have any coffee today, so I have Monster water and I have uh, a glass of whiskey right here. So, nice. Yeah, yeah. My stomach's not happy today, but it's okay. You know, I'm 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 living life on the edge, baby. Yeah. Well, it's a new world. We all seem to uh, have gotten ourselves on the other side of uh, you know a potential civil war. But hey, there's always time. Uh, we don't advocate for that. that but seems uh, a little optimistic. <laughs> yeah, just me. Hey, I'm feeling that way. Um, but before we talk any news of that, uh, which we won't, uh, so I don't even know why I said that. We're not going to talk um, about. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so uh, for, Biden's good. president, and we're excited about it. Yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're all very happy that uh, that actually went through. Uh, there, there is a bit. Uh, fuck it. I, I don't even know why I'm trying to. We're not a politics podcast, and no longer do we have to be because there's no goddamn reason why uh, we should have to talk about politics for the next four years on on this podcast. That is. Yeah. So that's a, a change, uh, a a welcome change from the four of us. So uh, my first bit of news is completely unrelated, and uh, maybe it's a palate cleanser for you, but. You guys may have seen this, but uh, Pearl Jam had to ask a UK tribute band whose name was, you guessed it, Pearl Jam, to change their name for, you know, obvious reasons. Very By the obvious way, reasons. Yeah, and uh, so Pearl Jam, the cover band, uh, it's spelled the same except for there's an extra M at the end. And <laughs> it's brilliant. Honestly, that's pretty good. <laughs> if you're going to just steal the name, that's a good way to do it. Apparently, you can look up their merch, and they were even like the merch looked the same as Pearl Jam merch, like the the original band. So obviously, that that's a bit uh, dicey there. And the actual band is known to be really supportive of their uh, cover bands, and um, Eddie Vedder has been photographed on stage wearing, you know, like tribute band merch from like Pearl Jam tribute bands. So 
it, it's not one of those uh, situations where, you know, like Metallica, where they send these like really aggressive cease and desist. But this was a very obvious situation where it's like, hey, you can't do that. Uh, they have apparently rebranded themselves as Legal Jam. <laughs> What's I mean, the what's 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 the law? I don't get it. They didn't. They, it's, it, they didn't. T- they didn't steal their name. Well, they added one M. I yeah, mean, yeah, I assume it's a trademark uh, at this point. So, it, well, that, and it also probably has to do with the merch uh, being the, so the, similar. Could be. The and merch you have to I get. try to defend your trademark to keep it. So maybe the band doesn't want to do this, but they have to just try and do a half-ass attempt at it so that they can say it later on. But. Also, if you're going to make your name that, like, uh, it's it's pretty clear what you're doing. So, The cover band just expressed their disappointment about the request, but they also said uh, there was no, you know, bad blood or anything. It was quite the contrary in their words that, in fact, Pearl Jam has expressed gratitude and best wishes to the band. So I just thought that was so fucking funny that, they thought they could get away with calling themselves Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's okay. great. That's great publicity for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, like, I, the 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 letter the letter that they sent basically, uh, it, it it's that it's damaging their it's it's damaging the brand and causing confusion, which I understand that, but I don't think there's, I don't think change like adding an M is is the problem. I don't think that's I don't think that's illegal in itself. Uh, unless, which a lot of people do this, unless Pearl Jam copyrighted like multiple versions of the name, which is totally like a lot of people do that sort of thing, where they like they'll take every kind of spelling, like they do that with websites and domains. They like they'll they'll take every possible option they can take and make it theirs, so that way uh, they do have something to stand on. But I mean, I mean, I mean, and even if even if there wasn't like a serious legal precedent here. Uh, Pearl Jam, if they really wanted to, could sue this band into the ground. Um, so it's really good they didn't do that. Uh, but I, I think that like just the name by itself is not a, a legal issue. That doesn't it doesn't seem like it would be unless Pearl Jam owns Pearl Jam with two M's. <laughs> yeah, like if there was a if there was a band called uh, MNKRR, well, I mean, I'd be pissed. There's a called MNKR. Uh-oh. Don't talk about that. We <laughs> we move on to our next uh, news. I feel topic. like you don't want to promote that. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna bleep you. I'm gonna bleep you. Um, <laughs> what are you gonna bleep? My entire sentence? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, you uh, can do that. Don't tempt me with a good time. You know what? You know what? Bleep my entire sentence. And Adam, if you can see the statistics to like the second of when people drop off. Let's see what happens if they drop off after like a 10 second long bleep. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'd be able to tell if they don't listen to the rest of the whole episode because of that. <laughs> they, one of the, everybody gets mad at Jackson for censorship. Well, s- speaking of censorship, I think, I hope these next two things are going to be the last time we ever, as people, but also as uh, this podcast, talk about um, Trump and ever again just anything about him but his pardons that we speculated what was that a week or two ago his last minute pardons they went through and uh lo and behold lil wayne and kodak black were both pardoned so there you go good for them it it happened 
That's got to yeah. be a weird. I mean, I don't know where they stand politically, but that's it's got to be a weird um, existence to be in. Where I'm, I mean, I don't know, but I would speculate they probably don't love Trump. So, like, imagine being sentenced to like five years in pr- prison and you get out early. That kind of weird of like gratitude towards that, but then also being like, this guy sucks ass. It's less of it's less of gratitude towards Trump, I'd imagine, in their opinion. It's more gratitude towards their lawyer because their lawyer's the one who's in that circle, and his, he's the one that pushed for it. Because oh. if it, yeah, that's that's because uh, so Lil Wayne and Kodak Black have the same lawyer, and so he pushed for the, uh, that to happen. Um, you know, it's like it, it, there were a lot of people. Uh, the prime example being Joe Exotic, who were expecting. <laughs> pardons and didn't get their pardons because they weren't like you know they joe exotic's lawyer is not like bffs are in that circle of people so well it probably helps that he couldn't clear the uh the check for two million dollars or whatever rudy said that they were charging for pardon so yeah that picture of the limo waiting outside of where where he is is so funny and they had the banner up that said tiger king and it's like it's just so funny so yeah. when you get pardoned, is that you just get a clean slate? It depends. Uh, you can have the rest of your sentence removed, so you just have done time served and you're done. You're not like uh, you're not innocent then or anything. You're just you finished your sentence early, and then you can have it basically just removed from your record also. Oh, okay. And so I think in this case, neither of them are. They're still guilty and they still serve time, but they're out of prison now. Yeah, so it, it doesn't end there. Those are the two most famous pardons out of these, you know, in the music world, that is. But there was also uh, the co-founder of Death Row Records. Uh, was He had his uh, sentence commuted. Um, Sugar his name is Michael Harris. No, oh. Michael Harris. And he, he gave Suge Knight $1.5 million to start the label. So that's why he's the co-founder. And Snoop Dogg personally thanked Trump for it. So it's a weird, it, it's a weird like way to end uh, that whole presidency to have this as if it's gonna like drum up some type of, you know, support for him. But I think that's the plan from Trump's point of view, though, is that this does give him support, especially for prison reform and all of that stuff, where you can say, "Look what I did," even if I did it on the way out the door where i probably won't go back again but it could be a campaign thing if he decided to run again unless he gets impeached which right you know hopefully does well, happen no, he has been won't. impeached twice he I has mean, by been the impeached Senate. he has to be yeah. convicted yeah convicted yeah. yeah so uh but don't worry not all is not everyone is thanking trump in the rap game um you're not gonna see this coming boys um insane clown posse has further distanced themselves from trump and being compared to anything uh any of his supporters because one of the uh writers for the atlantic basically compared the capital riot mob to a juggalo style gathering to which of course icp responds that's totally off the mark and we really can't believe that you know the the Atlantic would hire uh, anyone to not do their fact checking, and then the rest of this. This is a Huff Post 
article I'm reading, the rest of this article has uh, takes the time to say, well, so unlike Trump, ICP showed leadership in the fight against coronavirus, and they canceled their uh, yearly gathering of the Juggalos um, the same month that the president was downplaying the virus. Uh, sorry, ex-president and uh, former reality show star. And he... Zing! Ding. Bing. I don't know what you said. Just keep, just keep talking. <laughs> I will. Just keep going. <laughs> But then also there was a uh, a similar whenever the Juggalos they've been there's this whole thing that the FBI has claimed them as like a gang for a while and they all really resent that saying you know we're not a gang we don't advocate for violence all that kind of stuff so there was at one point in Washington a um, protest against the FBI saying that. And all the reports, there there are these reporters who actually were at that protest and said, you know, it's really funny because if you were to ask me somebody uh, doing just a general conservative protest, uh, i.e. the Capitol riots versus an ICP protest, if you were to just throw those on the table, I would say, you know, probably the ICP one's going to be more rowdy, but that was not it at all. They just said all the juggalos were so kind even comical at some point that they were so nice to people. So <laughs> what an interesting world. Yeah. Then cue the footage of them throwing stuff at Andrew WK when he performed at the festival. I mean, I have seen some pretty crazy footage from that festival where they're like, I don't know. There's, there's definitely a drug culture there, which doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people, but uh, they're not no. necess- They're not saints. There's also there's also a part of that culture uh, the, not not a part there's like there's a small like sect of that of that culture there's these people who definitely do lean more towards what everybody imagines uh, but they're not they're not the majority they're just there they just do exist so um, you know I mean if if if, uh, if if you are a juggalo or if you're a fan of insane clown posse you know go ahead go do it just. Uh, you know, just like just like a lot of things, there's always the bad group. There's always like the shitty group of people who happen to make it worse. Yeah, yeah. And don't worry, we're gonna do a full career spanning deep dive of ICP next week. It's it's coming, guys. Don't worry. I, I, I how many albums do they have? Uh, just <laughs> just lot. just just so I'm all imagining of it's a lot. So I'm gonna was, I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, just so all of our listeners know, I won't be here next week. So. <laughs> It's just Jackson. I have a doctor's appointment. I can't be here. (laughs) I remember going to a hot topic when they used to have those headphones where you could just put them on and then select a record to listen to, and it would give you a tease of it. And I was like listening to, you know, like AFI and all those type of bands and the used. And then I saw, I think it was The Tempest, which is the album cover for Insane Clown Posse that has like a roller coaster on it. And just listening to it and being like, wow, I guess I have to get into this kind of stuff because it's on the same, you know, record stand as these bands that I'm liking right now. And uh, I never listened to them ever again since that. So I genuinely don't know if they're good or bad. No, that's not true. I did listen to that one song they did with Jack White, the uh, Lick My Ass or something. It's a, what is it, a Mozart song? (laughs) <laughs> no, like I'm not joking. That's like literally Google that. Mozart has a song called "Lick My Ass." Yeah, it's in German, but yeah, he was an obnoxious motherfucker. 
I'm also I'm also pretty certain that that I'm pretty certain that that translation is stretched. If I remember this, if I'm remembering this, this story correctly, I'm pretty sure that's not the exact translation of the, of the title. But I'm looking it up right now. Are you saying the word "ass" was stretched? Hell yeah! I think they have like 16 albums in their discography. Whoa! So it's gonna be a long episode, a Jackson. Yeah, you guys have fun. It's gonna be Britney Spears style deep dive. I don't know. Make that, Jackson get drunk. That's gonna be lots of Dr Pepper it, and wine. Okay, so it yeah. it does it, it does uh it yeah Fago's great also Fago and wine Fago is really good uh so it, it is it, it does translate to kiss my ass more more appropriately which I guess is about the same I don't know I think okay. there is the uh, there's a lyric in it and I'm I'm not even gonna look it up but they go between like the Mozart song to obviously ICP just singing and I think there's like a, a, a lyric that's like Mozart is the most art. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> is yeah, it, I, okay? I really don't need. I don't need ICP touching my Mozart. That's all right. He they, <laughs> they can stay away from that. Hey, if we got if Moniker got asked to play the Gathering of the Juggalos, would you would you guys say yes? Yeah, of course. Hell yeah! I wanted to. They play in Dallas pretty frequently. Uh, at what's that? Uh, Gas Monkey. And I've wanted to not go to the show, but go to the parking lot and just hang out. Why not? Why not go to the show? Yeah, I feel like if you were performing at that, it would be a lot of fun for y'all. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I would bring like my shittiest equipment though, because it's gonna get yeah. ruined by Fago. Dude, Fago is so good though. Fago what is, is Fago? Actually, it's it's a it's it's like a soup. It's an off-brand soda that is. It, it's like basic. It's, it's the drink of the Juggalos. Oh, and and before I knew anything about Juggalos, I went to um, there 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 was this great gas station um, near uh, my high school's football field that had amazing amazing fried chicken. And I remember walking in there and going like, "What's this drink, Fago? I want to try it." And holy shit, I me and my friend were obsessed for like a week until we learned about this whole thing, and we were like, "Oh well, this is not as good now." Um, <laughs> isn't Fago good. supposed to be like off-brand like Fanta? Yeah, basically. But it tastes really good. The grape and orange Fago are really good. Shouldn't yeah. it be pronounced Fanta? I don't want to. <laughs> okay, next. Well, a- Adam sent this one, but I-, I won't try and make him remember what he sent. Make him, make him do it. Make him do it. Adam, make do, him do it. it. Do I it, don't... Adam. I actually was just looking. I don't remember anything that I sent. Well, Adam, <laughs> here's the hint. Oh, is it was, it, yeah, okay. Their hips don't lie, but they will sell to hypnosis. Ooh. There you go. That was good. Um, so we've talked about this company before, buying uh, publishing catalogs. And I guess we're just going to talk about it every time they do it now, because why not? So they purchased 100% of the rights to uh, 145 songs by Shakira in a move like last week, two weeks ago. So that just adds to their giant catalog they have that we've talked about in the last couple news episodes, actually. What I find most shocking about this article you sent is I did not realize how big Shakira is. Um, She has sold 80 million records to date three Grammys and 12 Latin Grammys. So I guess that's it right there. It's the Latin audience. That's why I thought she wasn't this big. Yeah. And 
it does make it interesting that this company bought them or bought the rights to these because it's clearly a global like focus that they're going after not just an american audience which makes sense because they're a british company but it's interesting to see them kind of expand beyond the pop hits or whatever you want to call it or like the tent poles of music for the last like 40 years so i wonder how they deal with um you know shakira has some songs with rihanna and you know featured artists i wonder how they deal with that yeah i wonder if that's why it's specifically 145 songs is maybe those are the easy ones to get the rights sorted out on it also might depend on the contract that was written because the, the the contract for uh the contract for the song makes like like and, and what the featured artist is getting makes a pretty big difference so the featured artist could just be paid up front and not actually get rights to the song and i mean it, it, it that all depends on you know who actually owns the song right right yeah that makes sense can we um not go by this topic without mentioning how good of a song hips don't lie is that and hey ya anytime they come on like i'm just i'm there it, that takes me to that emotion it's so fucking good <laughs> and hey ya is actually a sad song lyrically yes do you want to yeah it is i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say i don't think hips don't lie is the same as hey ya i'm gonna go ahead and say i think hips don't lie is more of like a uh, a meme song. It's a good song, but it, like it definitely. It, it's it's no, definitely. No, it's not a meme. It's oh it doesn't. It's God. not. It's not the same as Hey Ya though. It's not. It's just. It doesn't. It doesn't invoke the same feeling or emotion. It, it it doesn't just bring me back to. And the other thing is that like, do you know all the words to Hips Don't Lie? I know a lot of them. Bullshit. I call absolute go. Ready? Go. I'm on tonight. You know my hips don't lie. I'm starting to feel it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Next topic. All right. But, but the thing is, no, I understand Somebody what Jackson's saying because that from Jackson. it makes you want to throw your hands in the air and, like, you know, have a good time. I get what I he's saying. I understand the idea of that song, like bringing something to you, but it's not the same as "Hey Ya." That's a that's a that's a insane comparison to make. Dave, what's happening here is Hagen is still mad about that one time that we were all out at the bar and I got our whole group to go up and dance and I got you up on the <laughs> stage and Hagen found out later, wait, Jackson made y'all do that? <laughs> and even your fiance, Dave, said, I can't believe Jackson's the one who got us to go up and do all that fun shit. <laughs> when we were talking about the wild card stuff with the <laughs> the tattoo that you got, she brought that up too. And I was like, did I, I think I played percussion with that band. <laughs> you did. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. And I don't think they wanted me to play percussion with them. I'm going to guess no. <laughs> yeah, that was very unlikely. Well, since Hagen wants this to not be fun, I'll talk about, uh, you know, what we're going to start seeing. I'm already seeing this. I'm Here's seeing, the deal. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal right now. I'm, make, I'm, I'm making a point right here now. If I'm mean to Jackson, ever, ever, this is an important note to make. He started this. He started what this what what is coming, okay? Because last time I was mean to him, I felt like I needed to apologize, and I did apologize, and that was correct. I should have done that, but he's mean to me. He is mean to me, all right? Moving on. Did y'all hear that? It's just a just a PSA, I guess. Fuck! It's it sounded like a drummer wanting to quit a band because of their singer. <laughs> 
and then it sounds like a bass player trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Oh, come on. I teed you up there. You got to you gotta take that. No, I don't want you guys to fight. No, I no. I, I said, okay, here, let me try it again, guys. It sounds like a drummer wanting to quit the band because of what their singer said. But he can't because he's trapped. No, he's trying, to, he's trying to get us to talk about the next thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You want to talk about that? You, I, thought, I thought you didn't want to talk about it. I thought you didn't want that to happen. Well, it wasn't what I was going to go uh, oh. forward with, but it, it seemed perfect. All right. There we are. In normal fashion, uh, we have teed something up really well, and we were going to segue nicely, but then we over-explained it. <laughs> we're doing great, guys. I just want to check I, in and say know. that we're doing a really good job. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty important. It's pretty important for you all as listeners to know we are doing a really great job today. So the drummer for Trapped quit the band. Uh, he he's done. He's he released a, a a very long Instagram post explaining why he's quitting, um, mostly citing uh, political reasons. Not specifically saying he disagrees with his lead singer, but mostly just citing that all of the things that happened last year with the lead singer are the reasons why he is quitting the band. Um, so good, good call, buddy. You, you t- it took you, it took you a long time to make that decision. He also talked about how much he loved playing in the band. And I'm, I'm confused about that. Um, but so th- this leads to a really big thing, which is, uh, so the lead singer for trapped has taken his time. He, he's, he's using his time now to just go onto YouTube and to comment back onto mean comments. So the Facebook group that I'm a part of, the Gent Shitposting Facebook group I've mentioned before, they are taking advantage of this, and they are they're coming at them hard, and they're just commenting whatever they can on on their. I guess I guess they released a new song or something, or there's a new music video. I don't know. Um, but so this is this is what the lead singer of Trapped commented. Um, after all the harassment, he said, just to let everyone know, all the dislikes come from this gent shit posting Facebook group. This is what they do all day long. Bash bands who are not and never were even close to a progressive metal band. Oh, and every post that is not about trapped is about Bernie Sanders. Total cuck nerds. They are kind. They are the kind of losers who let dudes cut in front of them at Chipotle and do nothing about it. But then later get on gent shit posting Facebook group and then they have the real power. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha! That's Sick burn, so dude. specific. <laughs> yeah, that's a very oddly specific. Every one of those things definitely applied to him. Total cuck nerds. Total cuck nerds. That was actually nerds. pretty funny. I yeah, it's that. great. It's really good. So, uh, but so, uh, I you know I tried to find some of my favorite comments, but I'm just gonna read one, which is somebody somebody commented on the song and said, "Sounds like somebody tried to learn a coheed riff at half tempo," and <laughs> and. and and then he comments back. He says, that band is an updated rush. You know that, right? I do not like progressive rock or metal, dot, dot, dot. There are no songs in that music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you, like, I just, I just want to be, I want to be around a trapped fan that's like, yeah, I still dig it. I love everything about this band. <laughs> and then just promptly be like, I'm never going to talk to you again because you sound like a fucking idiot. I mean, like, it's so hard to ignore everything that's happened. It's it, and like, and the way that he writes sentences is just ridiculous. Like, I just can't get over. They are the kind of losers who let dudes cut in front of them at Chipotle and do nothing about it. I can't get over that. What does that have to do with anything? No, he, he's just preparing to run for Senate. 
It's fine. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> he's, he's going after the Ted Cruz model. I really want to see what he sounds like in like an interview because he sounds like one of those people who's like, he's really thought out his response and like he sounds like he's off the cuff like really quick. But I wouldn't be shocked to find out if in an actual interview, if this kind of thing happened that he disagreed with, that he would be like, well, uh, um, um, you're a bitch. <laughs> It's really good. It, you can you can like watch him. You can go find. I mean, you shouldn't, but you can go find his like Facebook lives on the Trap Channel, and the Gent Ship Hosting page will just get in there and just harass him, and uh, <laughs> and 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 he 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 has similar responses, just like oh these these nerds, oh you're you're losers, you're all losers, just shit like that. I sincerely hope the drummer gets another gig because of this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I hope I hope that it it sucks that he quit a band that he liked playing the music. It like Don't, basically lost his livelihood. Yeah, I mean that sucks, but I mean it it's he made the right decision. You you shouldn't be in this band. You shouldn't be working with this person. No one should be working with this person. Um, so, yeah. Um, I have I have another news item. Can I say it? Can I can yeah, I go? Please do. I don't know if you have this one or not, but I found this, and I I honestly don't I I. I I thought I thought this would have been posted in the group, but uh, Bandcamp it will make vinyl records for you. Bandcamp is starting a, a program to do vinyl. I think we might have talked about this briefly when they talked about launching it, but now it's actually available, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bandcamp is gearing up for uh, doing vinyl pressing. They uh, opened up to ten thousand, um, like ten ten thousand plus artists, um, like two weeks ago. Um, wow. and they're going to, and they're going to roll it out to, to, uh, a lot more artists throughout the year. Um, so and the yeah. idea behind it is like, isn't it like you can put up that you're selling records or vinyl on your Bandcamp page. And if you get to a certain amount of pre-orders or orders, then they will press it, which if that's the case, that I think that's a super cool model. Yeah. It, it just guarantees that you like break even at least if you're going to press it because, for people who don't know, there's a lot of costs associated with pressing records, and it's not a thing that most small bands could do, but if you can do a pre-order thing and guarantee you make enough to press those and sell whatever that number is, then you can do a couple extras and sell them as merch later, or that kind of, you know, you can be a limited thing too, and they're kind of helping enable that. The minimum order for vinyl is significantly higher than almost any other type of merch including t-shirts or anything like that so like you can get 50 cds if you want you can't like you just not even a oh you have to pay extra money for 50 vinyl records you just can't do that as a small band they don't allow you to do that it's normally like a minimum of 300 orders or 300 units and then like those 300 units are already like 30 bucks per so you have to sell them for like 40 bucks minimum and a lot of people if they see a 40 dollar record of a local band on a table they're not gonna buy it and it's super hard to imagine having 300 let's say you sell 50 of them and the first week you got them you still have 250 vinyl records that you need to have in a decently climate controlled storage spot yeah yeah, so what, what's interesting, though, is that so the, the, this article uh, points out that, um, I mean, I think that we've talked about vinyl uh, on, on this on this podcast a couple times, and, and I think I'm sure I'm sure we have listeners who 
um, use vinyl, but uh, in the in the first half of last year, um, vinyl accounted for sixty two percent of all physical uh, product sales related to music. Wow. Um, and it also it, it, it the revenue was two hundred thirty two million dollars in vinyl related sales in the first half of last year. So that's not that's not the whole year. I would imagine it got way way bigger throughout the year, but. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting that I mean it makes sense why vinyl has lived on, um, but it's it's really interesting that it has, and it's great that Bandcamp is continuing to be a really great company. Um, just make your app better, please. Thank you. Well, it it also makes it interesting that they opened up the like record store at in uh, Oakland last year mm-hmm. or two years ago at this point, and everybody was like, oh, that's kind of weird that you guys are just going to sell records here, but now this makes a lot more sense because they can have everybody that they've pressed albums of and have an entire like semi-exclusive record store kind of thing going on. Yeah. I wonder if, if, if they kind of have now a monopoly on that uh, undersigned, like not signed local band kind of thing, getting records made. It would be cool to see them work with different regions. For instance, we have hand-drawn records in Dallas if Bandcamp were to work with them and say, hey, will you guys, here's here's some business, and then other record plants in other states. I'm sure I'm sure they're going to go through a number of different plants, I bet. I, I mean, that would, that would make the most sense to, to, to like, maybe, I don't know, go through, go, like, try different plants out or even, like, see what locally related to the band makes the most sense. Um, maybe they'll make a deal with one, but uh, this, this article doesn't say if they've made a deal with one or not, but... Um, also, Bandcamp, uh, this past year, uh, 2 million vinyl records were sold on their site last year, which was double 2019. Um, and only 12% of releases on Bandcamp have a vinyl option, which is pretty crazy that still 2 million vinyl were sold if 12% have the option. Yeah. I, I hope they keep doing cool stuff like that. I imagine they have a higher like purchase rate for selling an actual record yeah. than other types of merch for a lot of things. Uh, to Jackson's point, they do still have a minimum. You have to commit to 250 records, but that's factored into your like goal that you have with the Kickstarter kind of model. You set the you set the price too, so it's all yeah. up to the artist on how you want it to be sold. So if you want it to be a five dollar vinyl, which is dumb, but if you want that to be the case, you can set that price. Artists have that full control, um, but you still have to make the amount of money, like Adam said. Right, but their their point is you can achieve that by having higher tiers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. A lot yes, of people yes. have been doing like private Zoom concert kind of things and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Before we get into our topic, I I do have to mention these uh, just because you know I think it's important to set or acknowledge the trend that we're going to be seeing. But much like last year this is going to be happening the rest of the year. So I don't really want to mention it every time it happens, but we're now starting to see these tours that have been postponed until the beginning or the mid part of this year are now starting to get pushed back even further. Um, I mean, I just got an update from the mountain goats tour today, but even bigger than that Glastonbury 2021, which was canceled last year and pushed to 2021 has been canceled for this year and will uh, resume in 2022. But then also the uh, the other notable one, I, I hadn't heard of this, but it's apparently a very big country festival. Uh, it's called C2C, which stands for Country to Country. 
uh, it's obviously a country music festival in the UK um, that has also been canceled or they use the term postponed until 2022. So, I mean, not shocking really anybody, but the summer music festival circuit does not appear to be coming back in the same force as it was in 2019. Um, and it looks like the trend we're going to see is that it'll be just move into 2022. Maybe you'll see a couple of these moved October, but you know, at this point it's just speculation. Yeah. I mean, we can say it's, it's easy to say that for these companies to be like, Hey, we're postponing it until 2022, but I would imagine maybe not at the level of Glastonbury, but a lot of these smaller festivals aren't going to survive through that. And it's really kind of upsetting. Yeah. And that, that's the big reason of why I don't think we'll be announcing every single one, maybe a few here and there will be brought up, but it's much like last year when tours were getting postponed and then also for me like when movies just kept getting pushed back and back it just bums you out just always being reminded of it so uh i do have to i I do i meant to ask you guys this question um at some point and this is movie movie related not not music related so i apologize about that but what do you guys think about all of these movies going to streaming and all of the like uh like directors and everybody being fucking furious about it like the hbo max stuff you saw you guys saw all the directors being pissed right i mean the way that hbo handled it wasn't good because they didn't talk to most of these people beforehand and they were like we'll figure out the money issue later how to compensate people for box office and that kind of thing so they weren't given much warning about the deal Whereas for Wonder Woman 1984, they communicated with the people who had money involved in the box office and made a deal beforehand. Gotcha. So HBO just kind of put everybody else and said, uh, you're going to have to deal with it because we're going to do it. Even gotcha. if they have to pay, whatever. And that sucks. Yeah. And to further make that point, I mean, there was even like that movie, that new Godzilla movie that's coming out apparently. So that is a Warner Brothers film or it's being distributed by them, but it was I think it was like 60% finance, and these numbers may not be accurate, but enough finance by, I think it was what, Lionsgate or some uh, another company who basically made the movie, but Warner Brothers is distributing it. And basically Warner Brothers just said, okay, we're pushing it out to HBO Max. And uh, Lionsgate was like, oh shit, no, we paid to make that movie. You didn't ask us if we could do that. So it, gotcha. it's really... I don't think the translation or sorry, communication was really there. But then if we were to just back up of how I personally feel about it, it definitely, it it bums me out. I think I like going to the movies. I like having that experience. So the idea of seeing Dune in my living room just really bums me out. But that being said, if that's my only way of seeing it responsibly, I'm all for that. It, ju- but I can't help but feel that kind of like, oh, I really enjoy going to movies and I enjoy going with my family and I all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, it, it's a different thing. It's going to severely limit what kind of movies get made with a budget to go to a theater. I get, and I, and and I think that that like I, the, that that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, to enjoy going to the movies and seeing it in the theater versus in your home. I think it definitely is a problem with I see the communication thing now. I just think that like it 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 definitely makes a lot more sense to just put it to streaming instead of like holding it. Like it doesn't 
in, in terms of like a music thing, it makes sense. Like at a festival, right? You have to, you absolutely have to postpone that. And, and you, you, there's, something, there's something you can do about that. Unless you like do some weird thing where you pre-record everything and then put it up on a streaming service, which I guess could happen. But that's definitely not the same as going to a music festival. Uh, but like in terms of like a movie, it's it's like you just need to release this. You know, I don't. Okay, you don't need to, but like it's just as it's it's just dumb at this point. In some cases, if they can't afford to hold on to it, then like you have to release it now or try to pretend you were putting it in the theaters, which is dumb at this point. Right, like James Bond, the new James Bond film just got pushed back to October. Right, and they they can afford to keep doing that because that production company that does it and holds the rights to Bond, that's their only thing. So they need that box office. Dave, are you referring to, turns out we had more time than we thought to die? (laughs) (laughs) He almost made Hagen spit out his drink. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Um, But I also (laughs) just read that AMC was able to raise $900 million to... uh, close to not or maybe what was it close to 900 million to help with from avoiding bankruptcy which is like i find it funny that we're celebrating the fact that amc this huge company oh yeah that's exactly what i was waiting to say dave is like i just can't help but care about amc i care about the mom and pops but like you know there will be a literally if amc shutters there will be another chain to fill its that void at some point in the future, maybe it'll take a bit longer, but like, I can't help. They're, they're trying to paint themselves as like the canary in the coal mine. And like, I, I just don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. AMC specifically has been losing money for the last like decade. So they've enjoyed this like nice period of every Disney movie, for example, makes a billion dollars and they've still been losing money. So it's hard to feel bad for them because they've just kind of been mismanaged. But on the other hand, what's going to happen if there aren't independent movie theater chains and that they're not owned by the studios is that D- Disney's and Netflix and Amazon are going to buy studio chains only show their movies. And that's going to get weird and not good. Sorry for the tangent. I was just curious what you guys thought about it because you guys are movie people. That's okay. I was going to talk about uh, Noel Gallagher announcing he was going to uh, basically record a new Oasis album without his brother Liam, but fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Isn't that just a normal day with him? You know what they were going to call it? Like he's going to call it, bill it as an Oasis record? Like not Oasis? I mean, there's barely any details on it, but it, basically what he said is he found 14 proper songs that were written during the Oasis period, and he is going to record them all as Oasis without Noel, or sorry, without Liam good for him yeah i mean it, it sounds like his solo stuff isn't doing so hot and this is his way so you know one thing that maybe we should let die is the gallagher update. it sounds like it sound it sounds like i care the same amount as it did before which was not at all so it sounds good to me all right all right topic time chugging along into our topic which is Last week, we talked about Journey's Greatest Hits, and we did not leave enough time for us to properly talk about Greatest Hits slash compilation albums, so I kind of, or we kind of thought it'd be a good idea to talk about it now, and I think it's pretty easy for me to say what's, for me, Greatest Hits, I can't think of a situation where a Greatest Hits is, at least now, 
my way, my preferred way of listening to music. And, but I, I do want to open up with a positive note that this is how I got into music. Like, I mean, my first record of any band I was getting into would always be a greatest hits album, you know, like a Bob Marley greatest hits, Guns N' Roses, all so on and so forth. That um, Red Hot Chili Peppers greatest hits, I remember getting that as a kid and loving it. So it is a great way to get into music. But other than that, I'm not going to say much nice things about it. <laughs> so, well, to, to, to come off what you were saying, you're saying, you know, a greatest hits is not your preferred way to listen to music. But, I mean, it, it, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's always going to be better to listen to an album all the way through or even just listen to, like, that one song, right? But it, the thing about a greatest hits that's really, really awesome is that, like you said, it introduces you to some stuff. But then also, like with Journey's case, right, I mean – you, you, we don't need that much more, right? Uh, they, they have so much material, and if you listen to the Journey Greatest Hits, you're going to be like, God, I love Journey, and I don't have to listen to fucking how, 12 albums, however many it is, you know? I don't have to go through this exhausting thing of, like, loving a band for all of their deep cuts, and I can just love their greatest hits and be okay with that. Um, and, and that's, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I don't think, I think it's just a, a, a way to consolidate, uh, uh, something and still be able to appreciate a band's, at least a time period of a band. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even if bands aren't necessarily on in like in agreement with greatest hits records, that's what they do live. When, when most bands play yeah. live, they're going to play their hits. Well, and I mean, like, and it, they're, they're going to play their hits and they're going to play like that one song that like maybe isn't a hit or whatever. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so rare that it's, it's going to be like all the deep cuts everyone wants to hear, you know? I mean, every time I've seen the Foo Fighters, I'm sitting in the crowd just thinking like, God, I hope that they play X, X, yeah, X. That's, like, that's the band I was thinking of too. And it's like, they're never like, it's, it's, it's so weird because the last time I saw the Foo Fighters, I wasn't upset, but I was just like, this, this isn't. You know, I've I've seen I've seen this, and even if you've seen them like live on a on like YouTube, sure you haven't seen, you haven't experienced the energy, but you know what they're gonna do. You know they're gonna play the, all of the big hits, and maybe and they're gonna play like their new singles, and that's it. You're not gonna you're not gonna get your favorite song unless those are your favorite songs. Right. Uh, you mean they're not, not gonna play Marigold? <laughs> play Marigold. <laughs> But I think, like Jackson said, it's a great way to get into a band. I've definitely, especially, you know, when it comes to what Spotify is doing, where they have the, what do they call those playlists? This, this is, is, and then this is the band. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, speaking of Foo Fighters, a lot of times if I go to listen to the Foo Fighters, that's where I go to. Right. I just go to the This Is, which is essentially a greatest hits. And I think there's a large population of people and we don't even have to talk about it just being greatest hits who just shuffle through the most played songs yeah. on spotify right and a lot of those like my dad is one of those people i don't think he owns a single piece of music that isn't a greatest hits compilation and there's nothing wrong with that but i think that does port towards point towards uh that what we're talking about is the people who go to a show and whenever the singer says, hey, we're going to try out this new song for you guys, they're the people who are like, no, just play your hits. And I mean, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, like, I'm like, i all for a band trying. I mean, I definitely would be bummed out to go see, unless I knew this is what it was beforehand, let's say going to see a band for the first time 
let's say idols and idols is uh they say okay we're gonna play only new songs and if i didn't know that beforehand i would be bummed to not hear the songs that i want to hear but i do want them to feel free to try new stuff because i don't know that might be just me as a musician and someone who writes who likes playing new songs i think i think that's definitely part of it i think that we as musicians i think we have to we have to put ourselves in those shoes and remember that like sometimes we don't want to play the same old thing over and over and over again um you know it, it becomes it becomes old and monotonous, especially for someone in in in, a, in the shoes of touring across the world for however many months. But I do think that that there is also the thing of like your greatest hits are your greatest hits, and you should probably play those. You know, right. there, it's like I I I I think that unfortunately you do have to consider the fact that there is like the 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 nasty side of it, where I guess you could say the business side of it, where it's like people paid however much money for this ticket probably because they heard your number one song on Spotify and that's probably it. Or maybe they listened to your album once, whatever you probably should play that song and a couple other real of, of like your most listened to songs. And if you don't do that, then you're probably Jack white. That's probably the only case. <laughs> I mean, even then, yeah. even then he still plays like a couple of the big songs, even when he's right. promoting his new album, because you have to do that on any kind of tour. I love his attitude of, I don't have a set list. And it's like, motherfucker, I know you're going to play Seven Nation Army at the end of this set. But Literally. also, like, that that whole idea, we're getting a little off topic, but that whole idea terrifies the shit out of me as a sideman because it's like, I have to have his entire discography at the ready. And on a whim, yeah. he just gets to choose what songs he wants to play. Also, also, if he, does he play Seven Nation Army as, like, when he's just himself, when he's just by himself? Does he play yeah. Yeah, Go he, fuck did on, he did on he did on the solo tour, and he also did on uh, Rack on Tori's last. Get the time. fuck over that song. That song we're done with. I don't care if, if people still love that song. Do a different one. Fuck that song. <laughs> still tangenting. Sorry. He plays uh, <laughs> all of his stuff. Like he'll fuck play that. as a solo artist. He'll play Rock and Tours. He'll play yeah. solo that's, stuff. He'll play White Stripes. It doesn't. That's matter. fine. And he'll play Dead Weather. I'm not. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't play like other band stuff. I'm saying fuck that specific song. Fuck that specific. That song is garbage. Done with it. Over it. I mean, it's uh, how many times have you had to, yeah, to teach it? That, to that is a great song. I it's think that not. is like it's a modern not. American folk song. What? It's a great song. It's a good song. It's overplayed. Uh, it's definitely it's really yeah. overplayed. It's just not. It's just. It's and just if someone it. says that's their favorite, like White Stripe song, then I don't know. I don't know about that. If you're but. if you're a teenager and you like that song, go for it. Once you've grown up a little bit, we'll talk about it. We'll have a conversation because I'm gonna have a conversation with these three people when we're done about why they fucking like that song. We're, we're gonna have a whole episode about it. Going back to like greatest hits and compilation albums, even compilation albums, I feel weird and like not grimy, but just kind of like, oh, this isn't the way I want to listen to. Like B-side albums, Smashing Pumpkins has a thousands of those, and um, what's uh, Insecticide? by uh, Nirvana everyone like touts that to me and I'm just like no I don't want to listen to that shit I'm like for some reason and I think a big thing for me is when you hand me a greatest hits or a compilation I know that this is just like a oh this was successful now here's this uh to keep that money train rolling and it's not even just a monetary thing but it's like oh this was that this worked so here's more of what you liked and what I don't like about it is when we were listening to that journey greatest hits you know i'm listening to separate ways 
And then right after that is a song that like, I was like, oh, this is a good song. If it was just on an album and I was listening to the actual album, I would be like, I like this song. But the title of Greatest Hits, like it it sets the bar really high. So when a song doesn't catch me, it really flounders, in my opinion, when you have it called the Greatest Hits. Yeah, but you have to consider also, which is a question that I wanted to propose to, to, to everybody, which was what like what status of a band not necessarily status but like you know consider status and consider how many albums all of that combined how how much does it take to actually release release greatest hits do you need three albums and like a, one successful album like it doesn't have to be a specific thing but just in your mind if because I, I i can't think of one off the top of my head i've been trying to think of one for a little bit but like what I, there, there have been times I've seen greatest hits from a band that I've been like, why the fuck do they have a greatest hits? Right. Well, yeah. here's Scrolling. one. Coheed and Cambria has a greatest hits, and I don't think they're a band that has, like, for if I was trying to get my dad into Coheed and Cambria, I would not send him a greatest hits. I would try to get him to listen to an album. But even uh, Joy Division, who had two records, has a greatest hits. Right. Well, and <laughs> I, the- I mean, like an example, an example that I'm looking at right now, which somewhat makes sense, but also is weird, especially the year it came out. Ariana Grande has an album called The Best, which is a greatest hits album, but it came out in 2017. So it's not even like, it's not even like I would say some of her best stuff, which is the stuff that's come out in the past like two years. So it's very strange to me to think about the fact that like somebody who was barely working in the industry was huge for sure. But you know, it has the greatest hits, and it has it has eighteen songs on it, eighteen fucking songs. So on a it. lot of times too, especially now nowadays, um, when you think I think of an artist like Katy Perry, I think she has the most number one singles from an album or something like that. And almost every song on a release is a hit, and they right. they spend. She can have an album cycle last three years because they're pushing every song as a single. That's true. So then when they get three or four albums in, they have like a, a complete greatest hits record of yeah. number one hits. Whereas, you know, back in the days with Journey, you could have one song from a record be the single and get really popular. And then over a span of 10 years and 10 records, uh, they finally have enough of a discography to have a greatest hits record. So it's different with the different times. But it's also important to think about the fact that like, when artists are between albums, especially if they decide to take a break, labels oftentimes will say, all right, well, we need to release something. So we're going to do a greatest hits, and that's the label's decision and not necessarily the band's. I do also want to note there are a few, in my personal opinion, there are a few artists who have greatest hits that... I think it undercuts that artist's full discography by listening to that. I mean, there's stuff like, I love Queen, and I think their B-sides stand up just as much as Somebody to Love or any of their other music, and that people should listen to it. But that being said, if you only listen to Queen's Greatest Hits album, I totally get it. That Greatest Hits album is one of the best uh, compilations out there. But... Then there's somebody like Bob Dylan, who he's got a famous Greatest Hits album, and I'm just thinking, man, I think that this severely undercuts 
his whole career and that you're not getting even close to a picture of what Bob Dylan is. I was I was going to say, we talked about the Eagles last week and the Eagles' greatest hits album. Like, you know, Dave, you nailed the, the, the you, uh, all you guys nailed the, the first song on, on there. You know, Take It Easy is the first song. It makes sense. But like, I look at the songs on here. I'm like, yeah, these are all fucking amazing songs. But also, if you just listen to that, it's from 1971, 1975. It's from four years of the Eagles' lifetime. And you're going to listen to fucking that? There's so much more. And they have Greatest Hits Volume 2, which has amazing, like, Hotel California is the first song, Heartache Tonight, Seven Bridges Road. The first three songs are amazing songs. But, but it's keep, like... Keep in mind that the average lifespan of a band that big at that time was not that long. So four no, years could yeah. be half of like, I think the Beatles were banned for 10 years. Led Zeppelin, yeah. the same thing. So exactly. It's very true. But, but I, I still look at it and I go, you t- you're talking about like Jackson talking about the undermining factor, right? Of like what like this band has to offer. And right. the Eagles has a lot more to offer than what that greatest hits is. And, and if you just like that greatest hits, that's awesome. But also if you ever go see the Eagles live, if you haven't seen them live and you like their greatest hits, you're going to be bored for so fuck. I mean, you're going to like what you're going to hear, but they play for like two and a half, three hours. And that greatest hits is like maybe an hour long. So like, you're going to be super bummed out somewhere through that set of like, fuck, I, 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 I don't, I don't know what ha- over half of what's happening is. Right. Man, I have a great example of that. I went to see, I, as a gift to my dad for, I think, like Christmas or something, I got him tickets to go see Billy Joel here in Texas. And we went, and I was like, I don't really know Billy Joel other than his greatest hits, but I'm sure I'll have a fun time. And he's one of those dudes who plays way too long. And I, I listened to the first song, and I was like, ah, oh, this is really this is really fun. I'm really liking this. And then it was like two hours and 55 minutes of like, wow, I want to go home. This is too, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, is it true? Uh, he released his last record in 93, I'm reading. Yeah, man. And wow. there's this great interview where um, I think it's like Jimmy Fallon says like, so, uh, you know, Sir Elton John says that you're too good of a songwriter to not release uh, more music, that you just haven't released enough music. And Billy Joel says, well, I, I think Elton John has released too much music. <laughs> They're like really good friends. Yeah, of course. And that's not uncommon. Like when you, it makes me think of Dillinger Escape Plan, where they, they're not a band anymore because they liken their work to an artist doing a painting. So I can see why artists don't, especially if his main objective is to be playing live and over from 71 to 93 he's amassed enough songs that he doesn't need to write anymore and he can still play a live show and enjoy himself and make the same amount of money uh, then all the best to him but i can't imagine not making a record in 30 years yeah that's weird (laughs) that's bizarre uh so uh interesting Katy perry thing she doesn't have a greatest hits album except in russia uh, only has okay. greatest hits album in Russia, and it's like super long. Came out in 2017. It's like you can you can you can find it on Discogs. It's insanely long. If you click on it, it literally it just the only country listed is Russia, um, and it's like it's two sides of tw- of 21 songs each side. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. So, and then the other interesting thing is uh, another another person with the greatest hits that makes a lot of sense based on time, but is weird title is Kelly Clarkson's greatest hits. It's called 
chapter one, greatest hits chapter one came out in 2012, which was all five of her albums at the time. And also included three new singles on it, which is something else to consider is that a greatest hits is a way to kind of like coming back to the live show aspect, right? A way it is a way to kind of be like, Hey, come buy this because you love these songs, but also here's this hit that's going to come out and, it's, and this is the way you're going to hear this hit is on this greatest hits album that's well, like you know you're right I mean, from when nirvana foo released their greatest that? hits yeah, yeah the foo fighters did that with wheels with wheels that's and right. um i can't remember the name of the other song on their greatest hits but yeah kelly clarkson put catch my breath on her greatest hits and that's a that's a really good song so good for her and also greg kirsten i think produced that song Oh, for connection. All, for all the Greg Kirsten fans. <laughs> for all the Greg Kirsten fans. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that we have much else to say about this, but it there is the silver lining. It's a great way to get into music. You know, as I said, I had a ton of, you know, greatest hits compilations that were formative to me when I was younger. But as I got older, I realized, you know, I feel like, this is it feels like a starter pack it's it's it, it's a picture that's not complete that kind of thing it feels like a good you know taste tester that kind of thing especially when you were buying records but you know the world is different now so with like streaming and everything i feel you know just give the album a try typically not all the time but typically the biggest song is in the first quarter so like you'll get to that song that you want to hear and then you know at least give the first quarter of the album a listen and if that's just not your jam then you can move on but it it, i don't know it just for me it, it seems weird and i feel like the bar gets set really high for me especially so often i'll think like just this weekend, I was trying to uh, broaden my horizons musically, and I realized I had never listened to Sleater Kinney. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to Sleater Kinney. And I picked their most famous album, according to uh, Apple Music, and I listened to uh, a bit of it. And then I was like, ah, this isn't really what I'm liking. So I listened to like their like curated, like this is their quote-unquote best songs. And I was like, you know, I don't agree that this should be be a bet their best song i heard better songs on as b-sides on that album so like I, I i already have this preconceived notion of like well if this is their most played song on this streaming platform then it better be their best song and that is not always the case no. and i just think you are potentially missing out on like your favorite song if you're only going to listen to bohemian rhapsody i every time i play queen around somebody i play this song that I, I'm not saying this is some, uh, you know, really hidden B-side, but it's called Seaside Rendezvous. And it is just, it blows my mind every time I hear it. And then I play it for people and they're like, holy shit, this is a Queen song and this wasn't on their greatest hits? And I'm just like, yeah. We, we were driving down to play South By and you and I were in the car together. You played that for me. And then I was like, is this Queen? And I realized that I am that person that only knows Queen's greatest hits. And I've yeah. tried to dig into their discography, and I'm still going to do that again, but it wasn't as fulfilling as the greatest hits. Yeah, of course not. But and, I, and I do think you're also like missing out on that potential of finding that one song. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, I think to your point you brought up about streaming, uh, it, according to Wikipedia, looking through greatest hits albums, um, only two greatest hits albums were released in 2019 
which were uh, Fallout Boy and um, uh, Kylie Minogue. And then in 2020, there was only one released, which was Greatest Hits in Japan by Queen. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of an interesting idea if they wanted to do something like that about the top songs of a country. I know that's not what that meant, but that just made me think about that. Yeah. But then, it could but be then, an interesting like perspective on a band that we've all heard and maybe lead to different songs being on there instead of just the greatest hits that everybody knows. Yeah, but then you know you have like you, you have like Dave was talking about the this is on Spotify, yeah, and that that ends up being a thing where I'm sure labels have seen that and gone like, well, there's not really a reason for us to put out like a greatest hits because you could just get the greatest hits and all their discography at a press of a button. It doesn't really like, you know the the record sales aren't the same. Who's gonna buy a vinyl of you know Ariana Grande's greatest hits? You know, well yeah, because back in the happen. day it was it, like I said, it was a pacifier to help get yeah. between album cycles. If a band said we're gonna take three years to make this next record, then a year and a half into that break, the label's like, okay, we need to generate money from you, so we're gonna do a greatest hits. I would yeah. even venture to say that that kind of thing is in a contract. Probably, that if there's a lull, is. you know, in your record contract, if there's a lull in your discography, especially again back in the day, bands were releasing records every year, right? So now that's not the case. You have someone like D'Angelo who's released, I think, three records in the entire span of his career. So, could you make a D'Angelo greatest hits? I would say so, but also if you know D'Angelo well enough to know that he has only three records, you're probably going to listen to them anyway. Also, yeah. that's going to be a really weird production value because, like, the first album, it's not that it sounds bad, but it sounds like it came from the 90s. Second album is like, okay, this is a lot better production quality. And then the third album came out in, like, 2013, and it's just, like, 2013, it super produced. Like, it, yeah. it's going to sound really off the charts weird. But I guess I, I would venture to say that they probably remaster and... Uh, mix these songs to sound more uh, similar. Yeah, Black Messiah came out in 2014. Holy shit. I'll also yep. just go ahead and say that um, I, I have um, a greatest hits to blame for me being into metal, which is Megadeth's greatest hits. That came out in 2005, and it's it's 78 minutes. It's long, but I, I was like, did I listen to this? And I pulled up the picture, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's a picture of the explosion, it's so it's it's if, if you ever listen to Megadeth, you probably know this album cover, and this was my introduction to metal was this album. So for all of our listeners who are super tired of me talking about metal, blame that. That's <laughs> blame Megadeth. Blame Megadeth's greatest <laughs> hits because that was what really fucked me there. I think it's a great thing for bands, especially like I was saying, if they have a large discography. Yeah, uh, it makes sense to have a greatest hits. Well, in, and it's important to remember again, like you said, like it back, you know, back then they, you know, you, a band existed for ten years maybe, and so they were releasing albums at a, at a high rate, um, and so there was a lot of music to be considered. So with the Eagles seventy one to seventy five, there's a lot of amazing hits there that, that that were in that, and you know, Megadeth releasing a greatest hits in two thousand five of you know from all of their hits is like holy fucking shit that's a lot of material to be considered and then and then you get um artists that are that not really active anymore but the label still has the rights to their music so they right. they have the ability to make more money some older country artists that uh, i think of this country singer Roger Miller and i'm sure it's the same with Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and all the old really popular country artists they have like 20 greatest hits records 
20 different compilation records. Ray Charles yeah. has, you know, 20 or 30 of them. A bulk of his releases have been after he died. Yeah. Well, and then and then and then another greatest hits record I'm looking at right now is the is the um greatest hits dot 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 and more by Real Big Fish, and that's right. an album that got me into Real Big Fish and unfortunately liking ska for a year. Um <laughs> and and that but but literally I, I would I would venture to say and I'm so sorry to most to to any ska fan any real, any real big fish fan if you venture outside of that greatest hits, you're probably going to be bummed. If you liked that greatest hits album and it's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And you go and listen to all of the albums. Those are from, first of all, there's so many albums. Second, you're going to find that there's like a couple of songs on each album that are going to be as good as the greatest hits. And that is a bummer. That is a fucking, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Ska bands like great, like real big fish just put out, they just put out albums. They just, they just keep releasing. And so, you know, you're not going to, like, the greatest hits exist for a really good reason for them. So we can all be like, oh, yeah, these are the songs I want to hear. And that's it. Well, yeah, and we have to think about the fact that back in the day, when a band released a record, that was the only way to hear it. So if there was one hit, the rest of them could be stinkers, and you've already paid for it. Yeah. So our greatest hits also acts as a filter <laughs> so that you true. can enjoy real big fish without, like, thinking they're a real big shit. I think pop stars are always going to oh, release yeah. uh, greatest hits because I don't think it's really within their um, choice because That's they true. have these huge contracts. I think it's always going to come out and there's always going to be a country or a region of the world where that just is the way that they consume music. Um I, I do think that streaming is going to eventually change that to where it probably won't exist as much. But Yeah, I, I don't think it will exist as much, but I'm sure it will always be there. But what I'm curious is these bands that, like the 1975 or something like that, who are pop bands, but they are still of that mindset of, like, oh, we're a band. I would be curious to see, you know, a decade or two down the line, are we going to have a 1975 Greatest Hits album? Were you not that kind of stuff? That uh, that'd be interesting to see, or like a Radiohead greatest hits. There is a Radiohead greatest hits. There is. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think you know, that that makes me knowing their discography as intimately as I'm sure Jackson and I both do. That's a weird one for me. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know a band a band that I could see with a greatest hits that doesn't have one is Young the Giant. Young the Giant could easily have a greatest hits, yeah, uh, but they don't have one. So, so I, I think know. that's on the same level as like the 1975, exactly. Where they're yeah, both yeah. pop bands, but they are of that mindset of you know, I I feel like they're a little bit more in control of what happens than yeah. someone like a Katy Perry or a Halsey or something like that, where yeah, it's just like true. you know that's probably somewhere deep in the text of their contract that, you know, at some point after your five album deal is up, they're allowed to release a greatest hits album. If you're successful enough, it must be kind of cool for artists though, to uh, go on an album cycle for greatest hits. And because what, what it allows them to do is do a bunch of press where they get to chronicle their work and, you know, hopefully be- come to appreciate their, the, the breadth of their work really. But if it's in the case of someone like Ariana Grande's greatest hits at, when she released it in 2017, it's like, right. I don't need to look back at what I did. That was last year. Like, <laughs> like right. I'm sure yeah. in her mind, it, you know, she's like, I want to do the next thing on my, I want, I, you know, I'm ready to write thank you next. I'm ready to go do the next thing. And I'm tired of looking back at this shit. Well, it's like Justin Bieber getting a documentary at the age of 20. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, 
Hagen, I agree with you. I am ready to go on to the next thing. Are you guys ready to go on to the next thing? Sure. <laughs> pregnant, pregnant pause. No, that's just how we introduce it now. It's fine. Just nothing. Silence. <laughs> just to see if anyone's still listening. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyone still there? Any- hey, 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 hey. Anyone? Hey, are you listening? Are you fucking listening to me? Hey, motherfucker. Hey, listen. Listen. Hey. Hey. Sorry, Kara. Hey, listen. <laughs> I So what I did right there is I try to always fill the silence. <laughs> and what I, I just thought didn't. for a second, hey, just let them spin their wheels. They got this. And guess what? You guys didn't got this. Uh, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to not fill the silence. I was trying to be, uh, 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 uh annoying. And then I did the thing and you still weren't happy. So it was a game the of next chicken. Thing was gonna be. The next thing Yeah. Was and you be. fucking lost and you lost the game of chicken. I just thought it was a bit that Jackson was doing and then it just kept going. It was a bit that I was doing too. And it worked out really great in all of our favors. So I'll go first because mine is boring. Um, I, I really haven't been listening to anything like terribly, um, new or exciting. I've actually been bitching about how music sucks and I can't find new stuff that I'm really excited about. Um, but, uh, I had a, uh, new student come in who told me, he told me he likes a band called the Reed Southall band. It's pretty good stuff. I like it. It's country. Um, there's a progressive metal band called victoria where matt gartska from animals theaters the drummer it's pretty good stuff i really like it um and then i started listening to rye i think i'm saying their name correctly r-h-y-e uh apparently they're like a pretty big deal in like the pop indie pop world um but their new album came out and it's it's really good i've been listening to Farrah manch his record uh internal affairs from 1999 uh, i heard a uh, one of his songs from that record and then i was like oh i'm just gonna dive into this i haven't really been listening to too much hip-hop in the last year i feel like and then i started listening to a tragically hip record called we are the same from 2009 and it's really good adam i want to know did you listen to that caroline shaw ep i sent you not yet <laughs> ah. <laughs> I did I did tell Jackson I was going to before this and then I forgot all about it over the weekend. Good then luck. I'm glad that I haven't sent you like the three other records that I I listen to records and often I'm like Adam would like this and I typically send them to him. Um but I have like three more just loaded in the chamber that you're not going to listen to until I know you've listened to Caroline Shaw. Over the next like year, you can slowly send me one at a time. Lame. And then I'll I mean, you're it. really missing out here. Adam, what are you listening in- to? In- instead of listening to that, I did listen to uh, John Baptiste's uh, Live at the Village Vanguard album, uh, Chronology of a Dream, which is really great. Um, it's a live album from a show, I think, two years ago or so that, uh, that came out last year sometime. And then uh, continuing my listen through of the 31 perfect records listen to the roots how i got over which i had definitely heard before but didn't really remember a lot and that album is great like it's probably their best album that they've done 
So it's a reliable list thus far? So far, yeah. Everything that I know that I've heard before, I definitely agree they're pretty great records. And then this is a a great, uh, I guess, the third one that I've listened to now. Uh, John Batiste put out a single called I Need You, and it's very good. It's like a, it's like a John Batiste pop song, basically. It's very cool, and the music video is phenomenal. Uh, I would suggest everybody check that out. Does he do any of those little transitions he does on Colbert where he goes, yeah? <laughs> no. I don't Maybe that's the whole so. song. We don't know. <laughs> just, I don't believe so. No. No. Uh. <laughs> Dave, you know that's what he does. He tilts his head back. and hey! some, Sometimes you don't even hear him. Or, I'm sorry, sometimes you don't even see him, and you're like, I know exactly what he's doing. He is hands down on the keys, head tilted back, and he's just going, yeah. He does finger guns sometimes. Yeah, he does. Jackson, what have what you, what you been listening to, fart ass? Unlike Hagen, I have been venturing out to listen to so much music recently. And uh, like within the past 24 hours, I've listened to like eight albums. It's been crazy. But the two things I'm going to limit myself to are not at all what I've been listening to the last 24 hours. The first one um, is Poppy's I Disagree, which was the metal album she released at the beginning of 2020. And if you have been holding back from listening to Poppy because it's like, oh, it's just a YouTube thing and like I'm not into that weird uh, pop music, wow, this album completely blew my mind. It's it's a metal album. It is on like 2020s, all, every metal outlet you can think of, Kerrang, so on, so forth, they all said that this was one of the best metal albums. It blew my mind how good it was. And then... Another metal band, uh, I did not realize that they had released new music until uh, we did our live stream, but Every Time I Die has released uh, at the end of last year uh, two songs from their upcoming ninth album, A Colossal Wreck and Desperate Pleasures, and wow, so good. that band, they have been so good from the get-go, but in my personal opinion, I think that their best music is coming out now. Like I think Low Teens was their best record, and right. I Gutter think, Phenomenon is my favorite record from them. Yeah, it, but like it, it, Gutter Phenomenon is incredible, and like it, the fact that they're still releasing these amazing records, and it seems like they're getting better. I mean, that blows my mind, especially from a a band that was part of a scene that has largely kind of dissipated in some fashion, but they're still finding ways to, you know, innovate in like, I, I just, and these two songs are phenomenal. Yeah. They're these, awesome. The, the two singles they released are, are next level. Like this is not only like some of every time I die's best work, but this is, that is, it is some of the best shit that metal will ever hear those two songs. And I cannot wait for that whole, that this whole album that they're coming off of, um, but those two songs, because they the band themselves and the singer Keith Buckley are like, this is our best work. And you know, to speak on Low Teens, I think Low Teens is a really is a really cool album. It doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't come close to to New Junk, The Big Dirty, or Gutter Phenomenon. I think those three albums are just like they speak to what Every Time I Die is. Um, but these two singles speak to everyone who liked Low Teens, everyone who liked their old stuff. 
the lyrics are they hit you hard there's musically they're intense and the guy who produced it i believe his name is will putney will putney is like metals like savior boy he is he is he is producer extraordinaire like metals rick rubin yeah he and he's he's a fucking genius he's so fucking good um so it's really good that he's that they're working with him because he mostly works with like like metalcore or like deathcore stuff and it's really great that he is working with this with Every Time I Die and, and making this just incredible music with them. It is, um, it's, when those two songs came out, I could not stop. And it was a bummer that it was just two songs and it was just five and a half minutes. It was just like, yeah. fuck, I, I, I cannot wait for this album. Do, I wonder, do they have a greatest hits? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, the, when they do, those two songs will be on it. I still yeah. laugh every time I see their guitarist, the the big guy, because he he's a, he's a professional wrestler, of course, but uh, he reminds me if you've ever seen that movie Coraline of like the the fucking like the dudes <laughs> with the, the bald dudes with the curly mustaches, <laughs> like the Russian uh, trapeze artist. Yeah, I think that's Andy. Yeah, the for anyone who doesn't know about every time I die, just like, I mean, listen to their music, but also like go watch like their YouTube documentaries and shit. They are fucking hilarious. Yeah. They are, they are a fucking trip and they're so funny and they're really great. They're like just really great musicians. They just, yeah. they just know exactly what to do to get it done in their scene in particular. Yeah. So that's what I've been listening to. Among well, fuck a yeah. Lot of other things. I think we did it. Did we do it? Did we do it? I hope so. Cause I have to pee like crazy well great i think i think we need some more long pauses well great we yeah we can we can do that if their podcast app pause <laughs> it's like fucked up though that's a, that's a good bit actually um we could like cue it just go i'll probably say this at the beginning of next week's episode but uh i'll, I'll say it again at the end of this one um uh, i i for any of our listeners who do want to join in on um playing don't be the artist among us with me on my streaming channel Please message us. It was brought to uh, my attention, Adam's attention, last time I played last Friday that she had she didn't hear this part because she didn't finish the episode. Because who finishes episodes? Um. <laughs> Not Olivia. <laughs> um, so I'll probably mention it at the beginning of next week's episode. But if you do want to play Among Us with us, please message us on any social media um, or message me. I'm just Hagen House Shield uh, Music on Instagram. So you can message any of us or my uh, gaming page, which is Sour Faust One Word. But also, if you are uh, currently listening to us or you are listening to us, go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever app you are using. Um, and if you aren't following us on your social medias, whichever one you like, we're not on TikTok yet. I don't think, you know, I had a conversation with some friends today. I think I can be TikTok famous. Um, I, I, you know, I've got, I think I have the hair for it. I ha I'm the right age. I'm 17. So I think I can get it done. Um, <laughs> so we will make a TikTok once I ha uh, just get over my, my little nerves and, uh, and, and we'll be TikTok famous. Um, I'll be TikTok famous for the podcast. So, uh, yeah, hit the subscribe button, follow button, follow us on all your social medias. Anybody have anything else they want to say? Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and fuck off. Give me your towel. <laughs> it's okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stop mine. So I didn't.